Welcome to Jack and Dirty, a show about wrestling. Worldwide wrestling, RPG, the game that we're playing. Wrestling, the mobile home, and Johnny Cowboy, and Fresno the Great. And Chester the Ham King will get together to go on adventures. Wrestling. Let me do a couple. Let me do a couple breathing vocal exercises. Some exercises. <laughs> hey, wait. Can this be the cold open for the episode? <laughs> red leather, yellow leather. Open? Red leather, Absolutely yellow leather. Not. Red leather, yellow leather. My mother made me mash my M&M's bum bum. My mother made me mash my M&M's bum bum. My mother made me mash my M&M's bum bum. That's not real. That is real. They had me sing. They had me sing that in vocals. Nope. There's also complete denial. Nope. Okay, let's fucking start. Jesus Christ. Okay, yeah. This. Okay, it was funny at first, but now this can this cannot possibly be the cold open. No, welcome back to Jandy, Jack the Dirty. At no point was this going to be the cold open. You can say that as many times as you want. I am not putting that in the episode. Why not? Mama, me, 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 mama. I'll see if I can salvage it somehow. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Jacked and Dirty, a real—not a real, a worldwide <laughs> wrestling podcast. This is real. This is actually <laughs> this is real. This is real. This is happening right here, right no, now. This is, live. this is a dream. This is a dream you're having. You're I'm telling your host. me this is real in the real world. Every time you watch this episode, it happens for real. <laughs> I'm your host, your GM, your Gabe Master, Gabe. And uh, that's funny. Yeah, I don't know what is. What did I usually say? Um, I don't know. You gave it over um, to us. It's, it's a, a Saturday. The sun's out, and we're ready yeah, to play. Baby, we're ready to fucking party. Yeah. Uh, All right. This is, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is great. Let's uh, let's go ahead and go to the table. It's another. It's another episode of our our mini series. Oh yeah, it's another Jack episode of our four part wrestling WrestleMania. Because WrestleMania is coming up. I think it's like I don't know. Like a week or two, I don't know anything. Jake about pa- Logan Paul is gonna be there. It's gonna be yeah. pretty wild. Logan <laughs> Paul is he? legitimately gonna be there. I'll be there. Yeah, Ethan will be there. Creator of California, I'm gonna go fight Eggman. Logan Paul. It's gonna be great. I'm fighting Logan Paul in the in He's the selling ring. shirts. Uh, <laughs> He's selling shirts at the merch table, baby. Stickers, water bottles, yeah. all that stuff. That's that's Mobile Homes merch. It's just no. It's, it's actually Mobile it's Home. actually Logan Paul's merch. I'm selling Logan Paul's merch. Yeah, I'm working his yeah, he's, he's his little merch boy. It's pretty funny. He's actually the number... Um, Ethan, fun fact, he's um, a number one Logan Paul fan in world. This so. is what he said that I had to do to get into Team 10. So I'm just... You paid for Team 100. You tried to get yeah. into Team 100. Didn't work. Now you're going for Team 10. Yeah, Solid. so here I am. Ethan's a maverick. <laughs> Absolute maverick. Yeah, speaking of Ethan, go ahead and introduce your character, man. Alright, what's up guys? It's me, Ethan. I am here today playing a veteran wrestler, the mobile home. And uh our what what are we calling these facts? Just the really the real, real wrestling, wrestling facts. Real wrestling, real facts. wrestling <laughs> facts. Yeah. Is that um 
the mobile home's childhood hero uh when he was a wee lad watching or i guess he was he was listening to wrestling on the radio you know because there was no such thing as tvs back then he would get like uh, monthly wrestling magazines <laughs> yeah and his his hero that inspired him to hop in the ring was uh the pile driver forehead kid uh, you know back in the day like Names were really long and convoluted, so I don't really want to get into that, but it was like, yeah. He just had a really big forehead, and he used it a lot. You know, did, like, diving headfirst to people. I don't know. And he, he thought great. that was inspirational, because he, too, had a, an abnormally large forehead for a child <laughs> for a child that, his size. The dive kind of expi- inspire his, like, jumping belly extending move? Absolutely. Yeah, iconic moves. <laughs> I think mobile a lot of mobile home signature moves are th- like just throwing his body at his opponents, and I, I can definitely see some influence from the pile driver headed, foreheaded kid. <laughs> that's that's great. You know, August. he would read the, he would be, be reading those magazines and he would go, I can't believe this happened three and a half weeks ago. That's crazy. He would say, <laughs> Golly! And he, yeah, this he was, was still a kid. So he sounded cool. like that. <laughs> but uh, August, go ahead. <laughs> All right. That was uh, 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 hi. I'm playing Johnny Cowboy. Did you introduce your character, Johnny Cowboy? Man, the cowboy, hardcore. Um, and when he was when he was growing up in um, in upper class Connecticut, he uh, <laughs> with, with his with his um with his one uh, percent family and his button up <laughs> shirts, he would um he would be told in the uh, so he he sort of he he was obviously an adolescent around the the eighties and nineties sort of thing. So he would um he would turn on on the tube and watch some MTV wrestling specials, and he would see um he would see uh this this guy his um his favorite wrestling man was um was <laughs> was uh the the uh the the Joker of of the East Coast and and this guy was a uh, <laughs> that's, that's his name that's his, that's yeah. his name Joker, Joker of the East Coast. <laughs> He was a um, he was a, <laughs> he was a a Wall Street banker type character, but with a, with, with a with a bleached sort of powdered white mime face. And his signature move was going, "You just got stocked, broker!" And then he would he would raise his foot up really high and and, and sort of kick the other guy in the head with his heel. And this is the Joker of the East Coast. Okay, the Joker of the East. You could have called him the broker of the East Coast. East Coast. Yeah, stocks, but, but it's just the Joker. Why don't you just? Why did you just call him the broker? No, keep it. Keep it the Joker. Yeah, it's great. That's what I want. Name, That's what we his need. His full name was the Joker of the East Coast. There was actually there was an arc with um with the uh the the sad dancing child, which is another wrestler at the time, where he Classic. um where the whole thing was he great. came out on on a and sat on a big ladder and he said, "You're the broker." And the Joker of the East Coast said, "No, no, 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 no." I'm not. And then, <laughs> then they, had, they had a whole, a whole sort of fight about that. Hi, I'm I'm uh I'm Harrison. I'm playing, uh Fresno the Great. He is a uh, a provocateur uh wrestler with a wizard theme. Uh, he too had a had a hero as a wrestler. Uh, before he got into uh, uh worldwide wrestling, when he used to play in the sort of underground, um. He he had a friend um, named named uh, Party Lori who he really looked up to, and uh, Party Lori 
Uh, he had a great bit where he used to creep around the ring, uh, brewing like witches' potions, and then he would throw them in people's face and just watch it sort of uh, burn away. It was really inspiring. And he was. <laughs> He said, I'm going to hurt you with my witch's brew. <laughs> um, and he, he was very much an inspiration to Fresno. And they were good friends. And he really took, Fresno was pretty new to the whole thing. Party Lori really took Fresno under his wing and sort of taught him the ropes until uh, he was one day tragically beheaded by a wet towel. Oh, no. Oh, oh. Party Lori. Whoa. A wet towel? In, like the locker oh. room? What the fuck? Yeah, it was a. It was just sort of some classic locker room. You know how boys are. Horseplay. Horse yeah. And, it, and horse it, it, it went wrong. He got towel whipped rash. and his head got came rashed. clean off. That's what it's like in the underground. Yeah. That's just how it is. Dangerous place. You fell down into the underground? Okay. Welcome to the underground. Oh, that was Alright. Alright. Okay. Nick. Yeah. I'm Nick. I'm going to be playing uh, the Ham King. Who is uh, dying right now? <laughs> he's he's a bit of a corpo wrestler. Nick is he deflating uns- before our eyes. <laughs> Nick is, is becoming de- he's Nick's becoming coin. dehydrated. Slowly, this is this is Nick's last episode. He's on life support. Uh, <laughs> please, so, please, my dying wish when I die. Give, give, us, the, give us the lessons. Please. Give us the views, please. Nick, Nick has been taken out of his watery enclosure, and he's he's drying up on land. <laughs> Hashtag do it for Nick. <laughs> yeah. okay. My character is uh, the owner of a ham company. He, uh, he's uh, a buff old man who is wrestling to promote his ham company that is failing. Um, his f- uh, real wrestling fact is that his, his favorite wrestler as a child is the Green Ogre. Uh, he was a, a, a large man who would strip completely naked and paint himself green and then just sort of lumber onto the onto the arena and just sort of groan and groan and just sort of wave his arms around hoping that he would hit something. Oh god, I'm an ogre. I remember that. They'd try to like climb on top of him and like scale up his massive body, but yeah. nobody could ever topple home. him over. The mobile home yeah, no, they would scale his body and then and then that Shadow of the Colossus music would play and then they're like <laughs> Nah never mind. This joke The pile driver headed kid clashed with the giant green the ogre. Green ogre. The giant green ogre. And not even his forehead could knock him down. It was oh, crazy, yeah. man. Dangerous I remember that, that whole that, that marketing campaign because he was he was he had alopecia, he was totally hairless, and so it just said shaved in green. It was a big picture of shaved green. green oh yeah. That's good. <laughs> that that's called yes and thank you very yeah. much. There, there's money in this. Maximum fun network, what's up? Alright, let's do it. <laughs> hey Maximum Fun, pick us up. Hey, hey Max, pick us up hey, for a prequel hey. spin-off about the green oak. <laughs> Hey, hey, Earwolf. Yeah. Hey, uh, Earwolf. Good at this. Yeah, Gabe, good please at save us by starting the episode. Start the episode. Start okay, the episode. let's go. Let's music, music here. Go, intro. So the ring has erupted into total chaos. Johnny Cowboy Jr., you played a part in one of the biggest wrestling screw jobs in all modern time. You were the driving force in slapping Wrestula's jaw off. <laughs> and then you flipped out of the ring and dove into the shadows. 
Is is there any particular reason why you're hiding right now? Um, because I had a um, I had a an entire uh, little sort of uh, rolling trolley bar stand just shoved behind the stands here, and I um, I'm just I was a little parched, so I'm now sort of in my fold out um, like uh, beach lawn chair, just just reclining and having a delightful yeah. uh, uh, martini Negroni. <laughs> I've got it all, baby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So you're you're in this alcove of barricades. Someone is handing you a little umbrella drink. Someone is fanning you with a big leaf. It's pretty oh. fucking sweet. And within the chaos, you see something fluttering in the air. It looks kind of like a business card. You do you reach out to grab it? What's this? A business card? <laughs> I better so you... grab. I take out my lasso. I lasso the business card. Out of the air. So, um, you lasso this business card. It tries to go away from you, but since you're an expert cowboy, you're able to wrangle it to you. Um, yeah. You look at the first part of the business card. It is this little card. It has this wooden kind of rustic trim. The picture is of a silhouette of a cowboy rearing up on a horse. There is this wooden sign that is wrapped in barbed wire, and it says. Ronnie Cowboys Saloon. Elsewhere desert. Yeah, turn, I know that. <laughs> turn the card over and it says, meet me in the parking lot after the show. Marigal. So, uh, Fresno the Great. You attempted to use a form of performance art to kind of calm the crowd. And that fucking failed. You kind of ended up tumbling out of the ring. And I feel like at this point, what, well, I was what pushed. would you? Do? I was pushed by Homunculad. Yeah, you were, I were quote unquote pushed by Homunculad. Yep. So you tumbled out of the ring. At at this point, I feel like what would you be doing? Would you be trying to just go backstage and just leave, or is there something? Particular yeah, where would you want I typically go after the end of a match? I don't know. At the end of the match, you had someone drop a horse on someone. But yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I would. I think I would just leave. I'm, my job here is done. Yeah, your job here is done. You you tumbled out of the ring, and now you are starting to head backstage. Yep. Mobile home. You're in a heap in the middle of the ring. feel like you've kind of done this big kind of belly flop move before, and you've, you've failed in this move before, so you've kind of devised a way not to kill yourself. <laughs> but I will say that as you kind of pull yourself up, your left shoulder is not attached to your body. Oh, my left shoulder. <coughs> oh, my left shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pulling yourself up you're pulling yourself up to the corner of the ring, dragging this thing, dragging this mass of flesh behind you. Do you try to maybe like pop it in? Do you just leave it dangling? What's going on? I'm I'm going to run. I'm going to like charge one of the poles. On the ring, you know, they're like in each corner. Yeah, the, the metal like turnbuckle poles. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go with that shoulder first, and I'm just gonna smash my shoulder into that pole to get it back in place. So you you pick up your loose shoulder, you go ahead and do a full football charge into, yeah. into one of the metal posts of the ring, and you hear you hear the gross... Flintstones run. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear what the wet... fuck was that laugh? It's <laughs> funny. You hear a you hear a gross wet pop. I Your just heard a gross wet back. pop from over there. Your shoulder is okay. Back to look, normal, baby. You look into the middle of the ring and you see something 
not too great. A quarter. You see the, you see the body of Resula. <laughs> quarter. Oh the my. Back, the Resula. back of his head and his, his spine are concaved. They are flattened. His, <laughs> his, his arms are bent and jutting in all sorts of directions. Hell yeah. He is in a pool, face first, in a pool of his own blood. It is seeping through the ring. It is this gross, thick, <laughs> inky black, just liquid. And coming from his anus that has been prolapsed by Fresno are three... When did I prolapse it? You stuck your hand up his ass and then yanked it out. I didn't so, yeah, yank it. Ass... Nowhere did I say I yanked it out. You yanked it out. His his prolapsed anus. Three disgusting wet strings of organs are stretched out of his thick body. Thick ropes of organs. Yes, thick ropes of organs horrifying. are stretched out of his body and are dangling on the skirts of the ring. Oh. And then you uh, begin to hear these awful, awful noises. What, what, this, like, what is it? This like wet sh- grinding and cracking. And this like meat like slapping. You hear his you hear his organs start to pull into his body. Like someone slurping up pasta. They just go into his body and he is beginning to fill back and inflate. His arms just straighten out and he goes rips the canvas, it shatters the wood and it bends the metal. He stands up, his face and upper body covered in layers of this inky black blood, his serpentine tongue lashing out into the air. His jaw is still on and this constantly leaking blood. You see like flaps of flesh and tendons move as he breathes. He lets out this disgusting, guttural, wet roar, spraying your face with blood. You watch as his fingers extend and sharpen into claws. He jumps at you. What do you do? Well, while he's jumping, I pull out uh, a whiskey flask out of my prison pocket. And no, I, I, <laughs> This is, oh. I, I, I take a look at it, and then I turn away from it, cover my eyes, and pour the whiskey out on the floor. Because I, I just can't believe what I'm seeing. And I'm like, it, it, has, to be, it has to be the alcohol. You know, it's like that classic bit. Alright, so after Mobile Home pours out his whiskey for a little comedic bit, uh, <laughs> he, he prepares to, uh, to, to like, grab uh, Resula. Uh, and throw him over his head, sort of like taking advantage of hit the the force, like like a hit. judo type flip. Yeah, so right, he's gonna... roll work for me. Okay, and that's is that just one, one two d six plus the yeah, it's two d six. Okay, oh, I got work plus that. two work. Oh, that's a uh eleven. Oh yeah, describe what you do. All right, so I grab him. Uh, by his breasts, his <laughs> hunky wrestling wrestler breasts, his, his super tight fucking yeah, ripped I, chest. I dig breasts. my fingers into him, and I sort of roll on my rotund back like a <laughs> like a fucking uh, seesaw. I don't know what are those things called a rocking horse. That not a seesaw, yeah. a rocking horse. I rock back, and I sort of just throw him behind me to, into whatever is behind me. So I would like to think, so you're kind of in the middle of the ring, you kind of moved forward, so you throw him into the ropes, 
and he just bounces off and he lands un- into the <laughs> ground. He picks himself up. And Johnny, speaking of rocking horses, you just saw a monster come to life. What are you doing? Uh, so I, I, I say, um, this is crazier than the time I was out in the desert and elsewhere, and I saw a coyote stand up on its hind legs and say, Johnny, I hold a great disdain and disappointment in my heart for people like you. <laughs> now, I feel like that was a message from my father, and I, I speak that out uh, to no one and then face plant directly into the concrete, and that is what I do. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> mobile home... <laughs> Resula stands up and he just like with a big growl turns his head to you and he attempts to grab you by your head and snap your neck. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. Uh, what are you going to try to do? I'm going to I'm going to grab his head and try to snap it first. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> not if I can do you first, Restula. <laughs> so Fresno, Fresno, you're making your way through Gorilla. It is a panic. Mm-hmm. Not only did their biggest moneymaker lose, a literal monster is on the loose. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, their newest signing is fucking missing. You see a corp, <laughs> you see kind of this corporate kind of entity, I guess, go up to you and says, Fresno, holy shit, man, this isn't fucking good. He points to the screen and you watch as, as soon as Mobile Home puts his, hand, puts his hands backwards to grab Resula's neck, Resula turns into a giant swarm of bats. Oh fuck. These bats are also also jawless. They are surging and undulating throughout the ring and begin to rip through the entrance ramp. They are leaking and spraying blood like this heavy metal thunderstorm. And they go into Gorilla and you see as they kind kind of condense on top of a table and you see Resula there. You watch as he's lower jaw, vein by vein, bone by bone, tendon by tendon, slowly reform. And he lunges at you. Um, I say, oh, hey, Russula, I feel like we <laughs> uh, settled this uh, part of the plot line last episode, but okay. Um, I make a, I make a, I, uh, I, I make a, like a bullet for my tent. Make a bullet for your tent? I make like, like a, bullet a bullet for my tent. Oh, you make <laughs> like a bullet for your tent. I made this for he my tent. Like a, a bullet. <laughs> yeah. I make so a you bullet are... for my tent. <laughs> so you're running through the, the arena. Asula is charging at you. He is ripping through the walls, mm. spraying blood, lashing his tongue, and then BAM! He is stopped. Return and see Brick House, this almost ten foot tall behemoth of pure muscle, whose head is shaped oddly like a brick house. Kind of just Move her arms and put him in a full Nelson. He is lashing and biting and screaming, but she is not moving an inch. He is slowly giving. I say, hold him right there. Uh, uh, Brickhouse, I got this. Don't you worry. I I run to my my tent. I I go to my my vanishing cabinet, which I (laughs) use for my my signature finisher. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Obviously, that's like wizard showmanship. That's not not real. I couldn't use that on a real opponent. But I open mm-hmm. it up, and like Django, the original Django, not the, uh, not the um the Quentin Tarantino Django, within uh with, within this mm-hmm. um this uh vanishing cabinet is my signature wizard's Gatling gun, uh, and I grab <laughs> it and I run back out. I say, stand um, down, Resula. 
<laughs> he's he is slowly but sh- like a feral dog that has just been caught by the dog catchers. He is slowly but surely starting to pacify. <sighs> he is breathing heavily, and you see Ophelia come from behind Brick House. She puts her hand on Resilus' cheek and says, <sighs> "I know how to fix this." You see the scroll of Homunculad kind of like flow in the wind. And he puts his flat thumb into his mouth and like a Looney Tune, blows and pops up. <laughs> he is a bit cracked and wrinkly, but he's okay. Cracked and wrinkly. They should iron him. Can we, yeah, can we have some iron in Homunculad? Cracked and wrinkly. <laughs> oh so God. Brickhouse lets go of Resula. And he puts his arm around Homunculad and begins to walk past you. As he walks past you, he stares. His eyes are cold and dead. And he he walks into the shadows. Chester, you are sitting in the back of this vehicle. The only light you can get is the occasional street lamp and the slight stream of moonlight. Your hands are zip tied together, but you are able to muscle your way out and catch a live stream of the ending of the match at your f- from your phone. That is when you said, wow, real wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and you are, quickly knocked- <laughs> you are quickly knocked out by a large metal object. Pong. You come to consciousness again. Roll a d6 for me. All right. Six. You open your eyes for about six seconds, but then you reflectively close them. You were able to kind of catch this bright light through this cross-stitching of the cross over your face, the cloth over your face, but it felt like as soon as you opened your eyes, salt was being poured into them. (laughs) You You got salt eye. (laughs) You are absurdly cold. You are constantly shivering and you are starting to go numb. The only form of warmth you can feel is like on the inside of your hands and feet. You can tell that you're in like a metal kind of barber's like chair. It has armrests and footrests, and you can kind of recognize that this is from your expertise in ham business. You can recognize the droning of a large AC unit, and you can kind of extrapolate that you're in maybe some kind of butchery or freezer. You hear figures move out, move throughout the room, and you feel a slight warmth at the side of your face, and then you like hear this, meta- this metallic shifting sound. And it, f- it feels like your head is about to get crushed. That's what it sounds like. But it doesn't. The cloth is taken away from your face, but it sticks. It sticks. It is stuck to your face. As they pull the cloth, it is peeling and sh- pulling your skin. Mm-hmm. And you kind of realize that the reason it's doing that is because this rag was soaked in ocean water. You're, oh and you look, down, you look down, you're in this metallic chair, and you notice that in between your knuckles and in between the webs of your feet are large metal fish hooks yeah. that are connected to these lines that are connected to this metal chair. You look around and you see that you're in a stainless steel room with tiled floors. In the middle, there are three grates. And there are eight workstations that are filled with tools, mostly knives, scalpels, tweezers. On the back, there are three fish tanks. One just filled to the brim with these silver fish, one filled with an absurd amount of crabs, and one with this four-foot-long 
wrinkly, discolored octopus or squid, you can't really tell. Wait, mm -hmm. silverfish or silverfish? Silver fish. Fish that are okay. silver. Okay. I also want to mention the fact that this place is covered in blood. Covered <laughs> in an absurd amount of blood. There is fish, gore, and viscera all across this room. Buckets of chum are knocked over. Blood is leaking from the work tables into the grates. There are fish, large fish hung from hooks in the ceiling, ripped open. Their organs are splayed out all across this room. And you see four individuals. You see in the back with an apron, like cutting open this large fish is someone in like a 19th century deep divers costume. But the bottom, but the bottom of their the bottom of their helmet is mangled to look like these jaws, and they have a lantern coming from the top of their head. The person that took off this cloth was an extremely large man in red body armor. One hand is this mechanical claw. In the back, you see this very gaunt individual, almost like a gray alien, but more muscular, wearing kind of <gasps> what? this wearing this 19th century kind of swimwear, which is a boxy shirt and shorts in like striped. They're, they have one beach ball and they're throwing it from one hand to the other and balancing it off their nose. And in mm. the center, there is this translucent, sparkly individual. Their skin is one uniform texture. They have no sort of facial features. Their suit they're wearing is the same texture as their skin, kind of implying that it's a suit made of their flesh. They have a long cape. They look to you and say, um, mate. <laughs> Oh man, I'm so sorry about this. This wasn't meant to go too far, huh? This what, has been what, too far. Huh? What? Huh? What? Huh? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was kind. This was kind of meant to be more of a, a stage sort of thing. I mean, how do I explain this? My name is Manowar. This is my associate anglerfish, crab, and dolphin. With a fish. Mate, this was supposed to be more of like a stage thing, but oh man, I went carried away, didn't I? Oh man, I mean, so you guys are like you guys are like fish themed. That's cool. I'm more yeah. of a ham guy myself. I'm not a yeah, big seafood I'm, guy. Yeah, that's why I thought it was kind of convenient. Like the way you the way you looked and the way you screamed, it was perfect. It was evocative. It was savage. It was what I needed. So, huh. It was supposed to be a stage kidnapping, but I guess technically since we moved you from one place to another and performed life-altering surgeries on you technically, it's a what? real kidnapping. What? Huh? What? Huh? What? Huh? Well, not life-altering, but we did, you know, cut you open slightly. <laughs> uh, well... Are you gonna are you gonna try to kind of struggle your way out, or are you just gonna let them talk? That's what I'm I wanna gonna, know. I'm gonna flex my massive... Uh, Roy without muscles and try to try to break out of these restraints. Roll real for me. Real. All right, that's two d sixes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me find what my uh, what my my real stat is. All right, that's gonna be eight. Eight. You're able to get your hands out, and as you get your hands out, you are ripping through your own skin. These fish hooks are leaving gashes in between each and one of your knuckles. Your Ooh. hands are free. What are you going to do? I'm going to sock the, the fish dude in the face. 
So as you sock Manowar, his his head is weird. It's like you're punching like <laughs> it's like you're punching a waterbed. And also oh, as God. you punch as you punch them, your hand starts to burn. <laughs> your hand starts to burn and you look at your hand and it's boiling and blackening. You keep going. Uh you also... <laughs> no. Okay, so you lean back and Man of War begins to talk. You know, I, I kind of got tired of the way wrestling was, you know? Everyone knew the ending, everyone knew our real names, and I thought, hey, we have to turn this shit upside down. The only way to bring it back to his right side up is turning it upside down again. So, I got some like-minded individuals and I found the perfect victim. You. But there was one fucking problem. You fucking lost. You see Crab lumber to the back of the fish tanks, and they open the tank with the octopus in it. They put their hand in it, and the octopus begins to squirm, and you hear thousands of voices in your head. A familiar set of thousands of voices. They are screaming. They are screaming, and your head is, like, shattering until you hear one thing. I didn't know what handball was. I was bluffing. <laughs> <laughs> Crab lifts up their riot mask and begins to eat them. Slowly. Uh. They are biting and chewing and chewing and slurping. You hear this familiar screaming. And as these last few tentacles are dangling in his mouth, you hear... Oh, remember me. He slurps it up like spaghetti. I'm just trying to promote my ham business. I don't... <laughs> 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 this is gonna be perfect. This is perfect. Now it's gonna be you and me in the tournament, mate. And I'm gonna gut you live on television. It's it's not that serious as wrestling. I'm gonna gut you live on television, and I'm gonna I'm be gonna... wrestling back to its proper order. I'm gonna gut you like a ham. I'm gonna gut you like a fish, and see your ham-like insides come out. <laughs> I'm really not that invested in wrestling. I'm just, I'm just a ham Angler fish has finished cutting open this fish and has cut off their head and begin to take it out, take all the heads insides, and they go up to you and silently place it over your head. You feel these hands go against your chest. And I think you're so roided up that it doesn't really hurt, but you can smell the burning of your own flesh. You can feel it bubbling and boiling and blackening. And the poison is seeping into your skin and into your bloodstream. And you fall unconscious. <laughs> okay. You right. wake up. You wake up in the darkness. Your head is cold and wet. You are suffocating. You cannot breathe. What are you going to do? I'm gonna, um, s scream, probably. That's the first thing I'd do. You scream, and it is muffled by something that is over your head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear the thing off, off my head, if I can. So you reach upwards, and you rip this fish off, fish head off your head. Your face is covered in blood. And you look down, and you see ah. two, you see two black handprints on your chest. Conveniently, you look at your watch, and the show is officially kind of, it's over, and people have kind of separated into search parties looking for you, 
and you see the mobile home Fresno the Great and Johnny Cowboy come to the back and find your body. Find you sitting in this dark parking lot in a puddle of blood and salt water. Can I just do like a big cartoon dog lick like on my entire face and say, "Mm, it tastes like pennies. Yeah, you, you do that. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. So what do you guys do as you see this large old man cut with lick I, um, the blood off his face with handprints on his chest? Uh, Fresno immediately uh, vomits. Do you guys say anything to Fresno? To say? Do you guys say anything to Chester, who has been missing for hours and has just appeared with black handprints on his chest? I He's say dead. you smell like some good pussy. <laughs> <laughs> wow! <laughs> just another Saturday in the ring. Uh, now this looks like he was touched by some sort of devil of the forest, uh, like some kind of thing with burning hands. This is what I know. Uh, it's got like handprints that go black on your skin, but not normally. They're like kind of like fire and, and, uh, and then hit the concrete. Just bam. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Mobile home. When this happens, you realize, yeah, this is just another day in the business. You head to the arena bar. <laughs> It's a somewhat generic sports bar with an extremely large selection of alcoholic beverages. Your dogs, which are kept in a designated area in the arena, are sitting by your feet, and your friends are oh. sitting along you, are sitting alongside you, and you're all swapping stories. Sitting and along you, sitting <laughs> alongside you, on other bar stools like normal people, and you guys are just talking and swapping stories. Tell us a good mobile home story, Ethan. All right, I gotta tell you about my dogs. And I gotta tell you about my dog's dogs. Right? What were your dogs called? That shit's so funny. What was it? What, what were my dogs called? Squeakers and Blop Blop. One of them was Blop Blop. Squeak, squeakers, squeakers and Blop Blop. Squeakers and Blop Blop. That was so fucking good. Now you may be wondering why Squeakers and Blop Blop have two Chicago hot dogs taped to both sides of their bodies. Now it's because... Back in the day, I used to wrestle, and I, I had a craving for dogs, you know? Dogs of both <laughs> kinds. Not to eat, of course, the living ones, but to eat the hot dogs. So, there would be moments where I wanted to snuggle with my dogs after a wrestling match. Or, there was a time where I just wanted to s- slam down some Chicago-style hot dogs. So, I kept saying to my people, like, Bring out the dogs! Where are the dogs? And if every time I meant something different, where it was whether it was snuggling <laughs> with my dog or eating a hot dog. So I came with the brilliant idea of taping hot dogs to my dogs. So when I ask for my dogs, they'll give me both kinds of dogs, you know? So it's just it just works out like that, you know? It's that's that's, awesome. that, that's just what years in the business teaches you, you know? Mm-hmm. You, you and your friends keep throwing back drinks and swapping stories until the bartender says that it's time to go. You all make your way out of the arena into the back parking lot. As you walk, you take your big, beautiful championship belt off your waist and into this really nice, like, velvet drawstring bag. And you all give each other a parting hug and go your separate ways. What does the mobile home drive? The mobile home doesn't drive. He walks. He walks. (laughs) So you go, you, so you grab your modular home. You put it, you put the chain around your neck and you start walking. I put it around my mouth, actually. You put, yeah, you put it in your mouth like a big horse, and you start walking. <laughs> and I go on all fours, and I start walking into the sunset. You're, you're going to your next gen destination, Chicago, <laughs> Illinois. 
on all fours. <laughs> what do Squeakers and Blob Blob do? Yeah, how Why? do they go? They're on my Why shoulders. is the mobile home going to Chicago? Because that's the next wrestling destination. You travel oh, across okay. the country. Cool. Squeakers and Blob Blob going to the mobile workout. home, I guess. I gotta pull my home to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're, you're halfway there, you're halfway there, and you find a rest area. You go ahead and set up shop. You go into your home, and you begin to go into your humble abode, this kind of nice mobile home. It's not nice. Your, okay, this <laughs> shitty mobile home. There you go. <laughs> you Is it like the... Night- um, is it like the, the Brad Pitt thing from yeah, uh, it's Once the Brad Pitt. Hollywood? <laughs> <laughs> you do your light nightly routine of icing your joints, taking your multivitamins, and you go <laughs> and get yourself a well-deserved rest. Oh. Until you hear the opening notes to Margaritaville come from your phone. Quietly. It plays through the entire song, and then it plays again. Slightly louder. And then again. And then again, and again, and again, and again, and again, until your entire home is shaking. Your phone should not possibly be able to be this loud, but your home is shaking, and your head is splitting. And then it stops. Turn it to Paul Venus. Paul Venus came in for a second. You get a message. You get a message on your phone from an unknown caller, and it says, "That was nice. I hope you didn't mind." I hope you didn't mind me interrupting your circle jerk. I have a delivery for you tomorrow. Good night. Hugs and kisses. 4C1D. 4C1D. You, oh, I acid! Think... Acid! Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Good job. Wait, 10 uh, points for Gabe, you, August. Gabe, did I go and, and, and go to my meeting after the thing? Well, when I go to you, we'll see what happens, August. Okay! <laughs> So you reluctantly go to bed. You try your best to sleep. And as the sun streams through your window, you hear this humming. You, are, you look into the window and you see what looks like a drone carrying a body-shaped object. What? It's a drone carrying some sort of body-shaped object. It goes to your, it lands at your door, it drops the body-shaped object, and you hear screaming at your door. What do you do? I rush out and I pick up the body shaped object. As soon as you try to pick it up, it sends you a shock. (laughs) I try to pick it up again. It sends you a shock. (laughs) One more time. Third time's a charm. You get a (laughs) shock. Alright. From what you see, this is kind of of this high tech, full body blue straight jacket. That goes all the way from head to toe, all the way to their neck. And on their head is what looks kind of like a vacuum-sealed Daft Punk helmet with kind of this black screen face. The the straitjacket shifts, forcing them to stand up straight. And as they are screaming, an electric shock goes to them, forcing them to shut up. And um, you hear, you see, like the Titantron, the screen starts to break and shift, and you see multiple letters and multiple fonts and colors, and it says, Hi, mobile home. I wanted to interrupt you because I was tired of seeing all the decay in the ring. I'm tired of seeing you with that belt. I'm tired of seeing you win. I'm not going to let you bury me. And on the screen, you see, like, 
fast forward clips of you beating up younger talent. Ding, ding, ding. Mobile home. You hold the belt. Says, I'm going to make sure that when I'm in this tournament, I'm the first one you fight. And I'm going to steal your hopes from ever getting that belt again. Whoa. What do you do as you read this? Well, I pick up my dog. <laughs> Which one? I, uh, what was... Fuck, what are the names? I Squeakers or Blop Blop? <laughs> Squeakers and Blop Blop. Hold on, let me make a note of that. <laughs> you described them as pit bulls as well, so you're picking yeah, up two, a pit bull. Yeah, two pit bulls. Two big pit bulls. This sounds like the work of the Joker of the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I pick up a dog, and then I take one of the hot dogs off of that dog, and then I start <laughs> slamming it down in my, my mouth, and I say, Mmm, a worthy challenge. Okay, it says, Can't wait to beat you in the first round of the tournament. XOXO, winky face, 4C1D. Dot, 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 I also have a surprise for you. At the neck of the straitjacket, there is a collar, and the collar extends, forcing their neck to straighten out. You see four curved blades. They flick inward and outward. He's gonna watch someone get killed? The head falls off of the body. Oh my god! Squirt of blood mists into your face. Roll 2d6 for me. (laughs) It's just like Among Us! Do I add anything? It's a seven. No, just just roll 2d6. Seven. All right. You see as the screen cracks as it hits the ground, you also see it go to your Twitter account. It posts pictures of your mobile home. It posts pictures of your car. It puts, like, word-by-word descriptions. Okay, it puts pictures of your mobile home. It gives a description of you perfectly. It gives you pictures, and then it gives your current location. You have been doxxed. You have seven minutes... You have a body in front of you. You have seven minutes. What are you going to do? All right. I throw Before the body in the mobile home. Fans. I throw the body in the mobile home. I, I rear up. I like, I start uh, rearing up like I'm a charging bull. And I <laughs> run over Winnie? the mobile home and I grab the chains and I start running for the hills. <laughs> do you Winnie right. like a horse? Yeah, I, I win like, go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you put your fingerprints on the body. That's awesome, dude. So I grabbed um, it with my thighs, actually. Thigh prints are on the body. Congratulations! And now All you right. have a body in your mobile home. Johnny Cowboy Jr. You're walking into the parking lot, and you see your childhood friend Marigal. She is the woman in the '80s workout costume that I mentioned earlier. Her massive curly hair is pulled back in a neon scrunchie, and she slaps the side of her red pickup truck. She says, "Come on, Johnny, I'm taking you home." So, so despite the fact that I pass out all the time. I'm so out of my mind. I haven't slept properly in like eight days. I'm like, oh my God, the Joker of the East Coast. Is that you? Oh my God. Get down on my knees. I start waving my hands wildly above my head. Ooga woo. What? I love this. I'm I'm big into this character trait of you fainting all of a sudden. I'm not fainting. I'm just just going, it's really you. The Joker of the East Coast. It's really you. It's yes, like in Johnny. a movie when, when, when a character sees someone as like a chicken leg when they're hungry. It's like that. Yeah. When I see her as the Joker. <laughs> so she speaks, but I guess it's in this very Joker-like voice. I guess, no, no, the Joker of the East Coast, talk, he talks like a Wall Street banker. That's that. Yeah. No, Wall Street banker. <laughs> 
oh man he's like oh man i'm on so much coke right now yeah it's me the joker of the east coast come on get in my pickup truck johnny i'm taking you home i'll come with you joker i will <laughs> so you hop- I, I hop in with like I, I do like a really big cowboy jump like sort of a saunter and then one leg goes up really high and i land both feet on the floor standing up straight in the bed of the truck <laughs> So I guess you're in the car with the Joker. Great, dude. <laughs> you're, dri- you're driving through California, and it slowly fades, becoming this dusty orange landscape that is el- elsewhere. A horse with no name by America is playing. <laughs> so I assume that you kind of take a bit of a nap as you drive and drink some water, so you're no longer seeing the Joker. Yeah, like, like a horse, I sleep standing up, so I'm in the bed of the truck, standing, <laughs> standing perfectly up. straight, sleeping. It says... John, she goes, Johnny, I, I saw what you did last night. I mean, I, I get what you're doing. I get that you want to do this whole big blooded thing, but th- there has to be something more to it, right? Well, uh, here's what I, what I got to tell you. So I was just in the car with the Joker and uh, the Joker of the East Coast. Yeah, that yeah is. Joker. Yeah, Joker of the East Coast. That was, our favorite, <laughs> that was our favorite wrestler growing up, man. Used to watch him all the time. Remember his big briefcase and his big, big, I funny, love- pasty, white, white face? <laughs> face. Loved I loved it when he put the giant crying woman in the giant briefcase. I loved it. But, but anyway, what's, what's this all about now? And I, ever since I, I was a little boy, you know this, Dolly. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's Marigold, but yeah, you give <laughs> Marigold Dolly. That's what I always call you. You know, yeah. ever since I was a little boy. Little boy, just six years old, in the in the elsewhere desert, um, in parts unknown. I, I always I always thought about, about dropping things from high up, and and showing people who's boss, and and, and taking down down the establishment, and, and 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 slitting open those those pig dogs that that uh, support the the capitalist movement, you know. Uh, and, yeah, but you're not you're I, not doing that, Johnny. You're literally just hitting people. That is the case, but but some people make a difference with, with a checkbook. Some people make a difference with a dog and a pony show, and some people make a difference with a fist, a fist that that connects with another fist that happens to be up the anus and out the mouth of a big Dracula-like character. All right, <laughs> goes, and that's just how the world works, Dolly Marigold, Marilyn. I guess that is how it works, but. I'm going to show you a different way, Johnny. She gives you the predator high five. It's pretty badass. <laughs> so I, have, the, I haven't washed my hands since last night. I know, Johnny. That's kind of your whole thing. Yeah, so in the distance, you see this kind of run-down wooden building. And on it, you see, hanging in a bramble of barbed wire, Ronnie Cowboy Saloon. You walk in, and it is very much like this burly, like, biker-type bar, but also this kind of iconic wild west bar you see cowboys and bikers this well-groomed bartender and some little man going at the going at the piano doing a ragtime bit but one interesting thing is the fact that all of them have blood on their faces they have I... a gash that starts from their forehead and leaks down to their across their faces some of them are brown and crusty and coagulated while some are fresh and still dripping in their drinks they all looked at you, Ooh. and Marigold says, guys, guys, t- t- settle down, settle down. This-, this is Johnny. Johnny Cowboy Jr. The crowd welcomes you in with open arms, and this burly biker type goes up and says, 
Johnny, your uncle's gonna want to see you in the sin bin. I go, um, I go. Oh God, I'm still in my 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 uniform. Give me one second. I go out the uh, out the door of the saloon, the little the 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 sort of. Uh, doors that go in, you know. Yeah, the cowboy and I, doors. I, I, and I come back a minute later dressed in the exact same thing, except instead of green, it's blue. So it's a blue hat, <laughs> but blue, blue trim pants. I'm like, now I'm in my personals. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so this burly biker type that you find out is named Len is guiding you to this, guides you to the back of the bar through these saloon doors and into this dark chasm. It is torch lit and it is carved from stone. As you walk in, you see this light at the end of the tunnel, and you hear the sounds of blood sport, pure carnage. You go in, and it is this metal room with white fluorescent lighting and this giant octagon. This octagon, instead of, like, chain mail, not chain mail, chain link fence, is a, <laughs> chain a link, is this grid of barbed wire. There are, like, these weapons with hooks on them that are kind of like bats that have a hook on the end that are kind of, Ooh. like, strung around the the around the cage like so you can just walk in and pick up a weapon you also see this kind of laser grid at the edge of it and you see this circle of fluorescent light tubes and you see two figures battling in the middle one is this generic cowboy and one is this man that is covered in scars wearing black shorts and black boots bleached blonde hair spiked up they they have one just pure white eye and this black grease paint just put over their faces. This cowboy takes up this, this fluorescent tube and breaks it over his head, bashing it into two pieces. He picks up another and attempts to bash him again. But this person in the black shorts, they jump out of the way, jump over the laser fence, and kind of, they kind of run across the barbed wire and pick up these garden shears. As the cowboy tries to bash him over again, they open the garden shears and cut the tube in half catching a broken piece and doing a downward slash on the cowboy. The cowboy leans back and the person in the shorts grabs the other piece, does a spinning slash, flips a fluorescent tube so they're holding the sharp ends and bashes the cowboy in the head and they fall to the ground. The person in the shorts begins to pick up fluorescent tubes, pile them up, and then they jump into it, crashing an explosion of glass and fluorescent powder. He picks up the cowboy who was bleeding on the face and pats him on the back and lets him go. You hear, you see this man in a wheelchair, this cow, this very country folksy looking man in a wheelchair. Go, Wee, doggy, that's the type of shit I like. He turns over to you. He's in a wheelchair. Johnny, did you see that shit? That was Khan, my biggest and best. <laughs> now you are here, nephew. I can't God, believe you. Be good. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe you got Sting to fight in the in the pit. That's crazy. I, Sting. I literally I said can't Con. believe you got. I love David Lynch's Dune. You know that, Uncle. You know how much I love David. And Fader Elf was my favorite character, and you got Sting. I'm clapping, and, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm clapping, and just thinking about um Sting. You are put in the sin bin, and you begin have a match with Khan. It is this hardcore, bloody brawl. And as you go in, you something clicks in your head. The reason why you do this, the euphoria, a feeling of hot blood on your skin, 
the sound of breaking glass and the looks on the faces of a squeamish crowd. Crowd. Squeamish crowd. A, a squeamish crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of click where it's like, this isn't, this is an art form. This is what I do. And you fucking kill it. You take the fucking house down. You are bleeding across your face and you are immediately led into the sin bin, embraced by your family and embraced by everyone else. It feels awful because a lot of them are covered in glass, but like emotionally, <laughs> it's really fucking great. You're sitting at the bar. You're having a drink. Blood is getting into your drink. What are you drinking? Uh, blood. But like yeah, pig's you, blood. <laughs> you're, drink, you're drinking blood and blood is pig, dripping pig. into your blood. I'm, drink, I'm drinking pig's blood. Pig's blood. Your human blood is dripping into your pig's blood. Awesome. Oh, God damn it. Uncle, <laughs> my human blood's dripping into my pig's blood again. <laughs> you hear the doors crash open. And you see someone. This seven foot tall, ripped woman. She is orcish. She has green skin. Tucks, 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 tusk teeth and shoulder length hair. She is wearing a baggy sweatsuit. You're just gonna drop suit. the fact that she's orcish? Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, yeah. You know, she's orcish, you know. First, the you first episode literally had a tentacle monster in it. I don't care. You're just gonna be like, yeah, you know, you know a real world thing? She's orcish. You yeah. literally were in a giant, you're literally in a giant blood pit with a cowboy blood cult, dude. Stop and then And then a tiefling, a tiefling bard walks in. <laughs> She's wearing a baggy sweatsuit that says all orc, no play. And people look to her and they say, ma'am, you're going to have to go through a certain process if you want to drink here. And she says, oh man, I'm sorry. I don't do the fake deathmatch bullshit. I, I'm a real fighter. You know, I, I do real wrestling, real fighting. You know, they try to swing at her. She grabs their hand midair and breaks their arm. Someone tries to jump at her, she does a judo flip, flips them over. Someone runs at her, she spins around and gets them with a back elbow. And she goes to you. She goes, hi Johnny. Um, I've done some research on you, and I'm sure you don't need to do a lot of research on me. I'm a Yezere Ballare, 25-time real-world fighting champion, 5-time gold medal Olympic winner, and the woman that is going to rip you apart in the next tournament. She goes to the bartender. Are you orcish? Excuse she me, are you orcish? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> she takes out her wallet and she takes out this black credit card and she hands it to the bartender. He says, pay the tab. The bartender says, uh, which tab, miss? She takes off her sunglasses and says, all of them. Oh, what a twist. <laughs>